The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little SEO strategy. Joining us is Jeff Coyle, who's the co-founder and chief strategy officer at MarketMuse, which is an AI platform that transforms how you research, plan, and create your content. The MarketMuse platform uses AI to accelerate content planning, creation, and optimization by identifying content quality issues on your site and building blueprints that show how to write to cover a topic comprehensively. Yesterday, Jeffrey and I talked about SEO content strategies, including why you need to both consider your leads and your customers with your content. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about the difference between keywords and topics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Jeffrey Coyle, co-founder and chief strategy officer at MarketMuse. Jeffrey, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Oh, thanks, Benjamin. Looking forward to our discussion. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we were talking broadly about content strategy, and we landed the plane talking about how you need both depth and breadth. You can write the greatest piece of content ever, right? And I use the example of I can write a piece of content optimized to get me to rank for the keyword Benjamin Shapiro. And there's still a political podcaster that's going to outrank me because he's got links coming from Fox News. Life is rough, folks. You just got to deal with these things. But the point that I'm making is I might have depth with a piece of content, but I don't have breadth, right? I don't have not only coverage of all the different topics, but all these sort of external factors pointing to my website that show that I have the reputation that merits me ranking top for my name. Life is rough. That said, 
Talk to me a little bit about the the difference between keywords and topics and, and why are breadth and depth important in the both of those? Sure. So a topic is more like a concept. So it can be an entity. It's a group of concepts. And a keyword will typically live inside that pool of topics, right? It's a good way to think about it as somewhat hierarchical. But I like to connect keywords to intent as well, in addition to talking about topics and keywords. So semantic relatedness typically relates to the saying, if you are going to cover this one topic, it's highly likely, or these are other related topics to that core topic. And keywords can live at, in, within those things. Because, like I, I always joke around, it's like there's keywords that live within a topic. It's like the square rectangle thing. There's sometimes you don't know the difference between a keyword and a topic, but it's great to approach all of those things similarly to say, I want to cover this really well. I want to achieve goals for the user that I'm going to write against. And if I'm going to build on a topic that is general, Right. I want to understand, are there different meanings for this specific topic? How fractured is this specific topic for intent? So if people are searching for this specific topic, are they at different stages of the funnel? That's intent fracture. But they also could be meaning disambiguation. I mean, right? So if it's an acronym, if somebody's typing in a CRM, they might be talking about customer relationship management. They might be talking about you know, some other for that thing. In your case, when you're talking about Ben Shapiro versus Benjamin Shapiro, we're talking about two person entities that have different meanings, right? So it's a little bit different there, but the topics that you cover, you want to be covering them so that it tells the story that you actually know what you're talking about. So you have all of the intents covered. You have all those keyword variants covered, but you're telling that story in the same way. You use the example CRM. I want to dive into that as an example. When somebody is searching for CRM, just broadly, right? That's a head term. So reputation probably really matters for the, what I would say is query, which is a keyword. But like, I guess the question here is, is CRM a topic or is it a keyword when the user is searching for CRM? Such a great question. This is absolutely what would be referenced as a head term. It also has some ambiguity in meaning because it's an acronym that can have other acronym meanings. So what you're seeing in a search result is Google's favored intent. It isn't the true intent of that topic. So what does that mean? Oftentimes, Google will recognize that if someone's searching for something, they could want content from a particular stage. Say it's, I like to call it, simple knowledge. This would be like, what's the capital of North Dakota? Bismarck. That's simple knowledge. You know, you also could have informational content. Impressive off the head, knowing the capital of North Dakota. But right, you know, <laughs> the early stage awareness, what is, right? Or thorough pillar content, the guide to CR, the beginner's guide to CRM. You could be in the middle. It could be list your top 100 CRM vendors. It could be late stage. How do I price it? So Google's trying to figure out amongst all of the content that makes up their pool of everything they have about that, what are all of the intents? And they're trying to make an educated decision about what the favored intent should be on that search result. So the true intent on CRM is question mark because you need coverage across the entire buy cycle. 
I used to hashtag rank brag. I used to rank, I used to have a number one ranking page for CRM, right? It was early stage awareness. It was what is CRM? It was a definition, comprehensive definition page that was uh, supported by an entire site about CRM content. Was that site salesforce.com? Because that's what is the, now it is in a incognito window, what shows up for uh, what is for CRM? The first, now this would be search CRM on tech target that no longer there, but then again, I haven't been there for, uh, for seven years. So that's their problem. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the whole thing is you, when you're focusing, I was just speaking with a customer of mine for he- how he can achieve head term success. And it's like an entire mountain of, of effort all collects such that your page that meets the Google favorite intent can grow. So I need this mountain of content that's all coverage and building up power and building up authority to enable my page that meets the favorite intent to go to the party. And that's the part that people miss. It's you do need this fortress in order to allow whatever that page is. And the mistake people make is they look at the search result in isolation and they say, oh, there's nine definitions on this search results page. I just need to go write a better definition. That's a piece of it. But if you don't have that foundation of content, you don't have the invitation to the party. And that invitation to the party is required so that that favorite intent can shine. Yeah, no, but you're looking at intent fracture in the search Google's favorite intent. So if you see Google has some pages from A, some pages from B, you often see this with SERP features, you know, whether it's a knowledge graph, whether it's shopping feed, local. But if there's other intents, so you have a listicle and you have a definition and you have, you know, you've got to be thinking about your real estate that you can enable with this one power page, the page that you accept to rank for this. You have a smaller pool right now and Google can change that favorite intent over time too. They could say tomorrow that all listicles should perform for this particular query, right? The important part is to collect the entire pool of words that make up the pool of topics that then collect to that head topic when you're doing this analysis and understanding, do you have the power to rank with a page that isn't on the nose for intent? And most of the time, the answer to that question is going to be no. So you need to write content that satisfies the user intent and also provides information gain that your competitors don't. So it tells, they actually come to your site, you make them happy and they feel like they've learned something right? Oh, shocking, right? And you can't just get away with this formula. And the, you know, the reason why people make this mistake of just building the one big page is because that's the way they were trained how to do SEO. But guess what? It doesn't work. It only works if you already have the authority and you have this auxiliary bias. And that bias is that you say, I already write about this stuff. So then I can write this wonderful page and it will perform. But the bias is you don't actually know your true authority. And so knowing that is very empowering. Here's what I think is interesting. I'm actually looking at the search results for CRM and I have an incognito browser session and a a non-incognito, just a regular browser session. And the search results are different. I don't think that should be too surprising to everybody. In the incognito window, I get Wikipedia and a definition of what CRM is first, followed by top-rated CRM by Zoho, 
what it looks like Critio with a what is a CRM system, more of a definition, and then a, a similar page from HubSpot. And there's a, a Yahoo page down there as well, which is also a, a definition. It looks like it's Yahoo Finance. Now, in the non-incognito, the regular browser session, do you know what comes up first? HubSpot, That's awesome. which was the fourth result from before. And the reason why I bring this up is I have a relationship with HubSpot. They're the sponsor of, they're the lead sponsor of the MarTech podcast. I'm on their properties very often. I look at their content regularly and we've been featured on their content as well. So Google knows that I have some sort of a relationship and trust with HubSpot because of how much I'm going to their site most likely. And so that pushes their content up in the search results. And so the reason why I bring this up is we're talking about topics versus keywords. If I want to rank for CRM, if I'm HubSpot and I want to show up first for CRM, the first thing that I need to do is get people onto my website in probably tail terms instead of just thinking about the head terms. So you need to be finding broader coverage. So to me, this is the exact example of why does a topic matter more than an individual keywords? Why do you need to think about casting a wide net related to what you want to rank for as opposed to specifically focus on keywords? Now, that's really hard to monitor. It's really hard to evaluate. So when you're thinking about, well, all right, I've got these broad topics and people look for keywords Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. How do I figure out if I'm ranking for the topic? Talk to me about evaluating a topic as opposed to a keyword for SEO performance. That's a great thing. And two of the pieces, two backpedaling through what you had stated. One example, you know, CRM, Salesforce, that's their stock symbol as well. So you get an even a unique dynamic there that adds color to that particular search result. HubSpot's a great example of cluster development, of building out content clusters. I like to say you got it's a jaw with teeth. Sometimes people go out and they just write teeth when they don't have the jaw. Sometimes that's going to work. Sometimes it's not. It's like throwing dice. It's going to work when you have some existing authority on semantically related things. You have a low competition zone. You can go write that great article that satisfies the intent and it's going to work. HubSpot is a great example of that 
where they've taken shots at explicit intent use cases and they've done well, but they've also built great clusters. And when they get one, when they get one that's working throughout, and by the way, I'm going to answer your question in a second, that is, is working throughout, that entire pool of pages all represents this mass of power that then they can channel the power. They'll often channel those power, those power sources to landing pages. Fun fact. But you can only do that when you're really powerful. And if you want to go check out a really great example, go check out web.archive.orgs for HubSpot for all of their topic clusters content and go back in time and watch how that's developed. It's a really cool use case uh, with HubSpot. But basically, how do you monitor this? You've got to monitor these things as individual pages and you've got to monitor them as collectives, both understanding the pages based on the user patterns, the pages that users who enter A that they will likely see based on your internal linking structures, but also the ones that all connect to the same semantic aboutness or aboutness of the topic. So I need to know all the pages on my site that connect to CRM, and then I need to go into my second tier. Maybe it's contact center. Maybe it's customer service, customer success. Maybe it's you know some other subtopic. And I need to know all the pages I have that specifically focus on contact center or call center. Then I need to know my specific intent pages, right? It's how do you get bees out of your garage? <laughs> you know, it's it's this really really specific intent question. Sounds like something that you've searched for recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My customer may have written that article recently. So you, you you get a sense for the pool. Now treat that as a mass that you want to report on, and then also you want to know the standout pages. You also want to know the pages that have characteristics that will drive new plans. And the new plans may be because of quick wins, right? If you get a, a page that's trying to target a head term or trying to target a topic, and it starts ranking for stuff that the page doesn't follow through with, right? We reference that as an intent mismatch. Well, I want to report on this pool because I can say, I have no pages in my pool that answer this question or that satisfy this intent. However, I got traffic coming in. That's the easiest sale for budget to go write that article, right? Because I've got people coming in and they leave unhappy. Um, so my pool of pages represents not only the mass that allows me to unlock head terms, unlock topic performance, but it also represents the infrastructure that can drive plans based on like surgical striking. And one of those ways is intent mismatch. The other one is if I'm ranking for head terms, and not ranking for lower competition variance because I'm not satisfying that intent. That tells me a lot about me, right? It could tell me I don't have anything in the middle of the funnel. I was working with a large publisher of, I'm working primarily with a lot of large publishers, but I was working with a large publisher who just realized that they had no traffic coming from the middle of the funnel. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have any content that does that. And they're like, yeah, but can I just like rank for it? Cause like I own the main topic. I'm like, no, you've never written content that tells the story that you know comparison. You're not a comparison shopping engine. You have never written content for someone in the middle of the funnel. You've only written early stage awareness. It's the gosh darn name of the site, right? And so if you think you can just go write an A versus B article because you own the head and you own Google's favorite intent, which just happens to be awareness, you're sorely mistaken. You've got to build sometimes 
even when you own the head, you don't own the tails. So you need the jaw, you need the teeth, and you need to understand where you have the wins. Because if you just go out and try to knock out long tail, they call it, it was the old technique, it was 2005, coined long tailing, right? You just go right the long tail and hope that that unlocks your invitation to the party so that you can rank for the pillar or the middle of the head. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. You can go do that and get lucky because it's low competition, but you really need to be thinking about the entire user journey. I just saw it happen with the June and July updates. I've done some extensive multi-million site analyses. And one major thing is the way that Google allows intents to be evaluated. And the biggest finding that I had was sites that dropped in authority on their core topics can no longer rank for non-on-the-nose intent. So give me an example of that. Yeah, sure. So an example of that would be, let's just use CRM because, you know, I don't want to give exact examples. It's a hot topic for us today. Yeah, for us today. Let's say I was ranking for customer relationship management before, and I was also ranking for uh, best customer relationship management software. And I was also ranking for customer relationship management free. And I was ranking for best CRM tools and compare CRM tools. And they were all... I was very high authority for that topic. Clearly. On my site, right? But my page that was performing, maybe I was told I should only have one page, right? And I just got it to run. My authority goes down on this concept, this concept site section pair. My page never really followed through with comparing software. It was a what is type article, right? It never really got into comparing. So previously, I had so much authority that I could get away with non-on-the-nose satisfaction for users. But now my authority drops. Now I don't get away with being able to rank with a what is page on a comparison query. The only people that can get away with that are the ultra-high authority because they actually cover, they're getting more credit, credibility. So when I see authority, one signal of an authority drop or gain is that you're able to rank for off, not on the nose intense. When you're a lower authority, you've got to be right on the nose specifically. And then if you're even lower, you can't even get invited to the party. Um, and then, so those are the ways that I think about this. So, and the problem yeah. becomes, it's really complex to not only think about ranking for individual keywords, which hopefully you have a lot of, but also topics and then thinking about domain authority and your head terms. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how to bring all of those together and how you can use technology to tackle your SEO strategy in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jeff Coyle, co-founder and chief strategy officer at Market Muse. In the third part of this conversation, which we'll publish tomorrow, Jeff and I are going to talk about how to bring humans and search bots together to improve your rankings. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to contact Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Jeffrey underscore Coyle. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y underscore C-O-Y-L-E. Or you could visit his company's website, which is marketmuse.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. 
For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the third part of our conversation with Jeff Coyle, co-founder and chief strategy officer at Market Muse. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. <laughs>